0: My name's Simon Thackeray, and you're listening to Incisive Decisive.
1: Yes, we are finally back after our short break. Have you missed us? This time around, Colin catched up with Simon Thackeray, practice owner, beacon of ethical practice, and expert on expert witnesses. Take it away, Colin. Hello guys, it's Colin. Uh, Today, uh, I've come to
2: Sunny Mansfield to meet. uh, Are you an original Mansfieldian? No, I'm from Sheffield. All right, okay. So I've got Simon Thackeray. Uh, I've come to Simon's practice to have a look around, which is fantastic. And we're gonna just, for the next few minutes, just talk about um, our view of of things that are going on in dentistry. And so I'm gonna really let Simon introduce himself, but I'm just, by way of my introduction to Simon, um, we met many years ago when we were both VT trainers. I remember a meeting in PC World, actually, yeah. they were buying monitors. Do you remember That's that? Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yes. And, um, and and for some reason, our paths have not... Uh, they, they do cross, but not as frequently as I think I would like them to cross or they mm. should cross. Because um, Simon has become a bit of a, a moral and ethical champion mm. in dentistry, particularly on, on social media, but also on the stuff that he's done with GDP UK. Um, but he's also taken uh, massive time out of his life to pay things forward by by doing further qualifications which aren't directly related to him uh, benefiting him any, in any other way apart from sort of philosophically and um, academically. And yeah. so, um, so hello, Simon. Hi. Hi. So, Thank you. So I, I, for the benefits of people, because we obviously live in this microcosm of East Midlands dentistry, Absolutely. which we think the world revolves around, <laughs> but it doesn't actually. <laughs> so, so can you do a few minutes' potted history of Simon Thackeray and who he is and how he got here?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, qualified in Sheffield in 91 um, and went straight into VT in Sheffield. Um, the first bit of my career was about sort of working in various places and thinking, oh, there's more to it than this. There's, there's something not quite right about these practices and whatever. Um, and I always felt I could do it better. Now, that was the arrogance of youth, probably a bit of ego. Um, so eventually, I had to put my money where my mouth is because I think I offended a few bosses and upset a few people with the, believe that. But no, no, it's not <laughs> like me to sort of say it how it is. Um, and I eventually bought the practice in Mansfield in 97. And uh, it was a 100% NHS. I was 100% NHS. My mentality was that. Like, it was never about the money. I never seemed to earn as much as some of my colleagues and friends did. It didn't really bother me. I was just more interested about... I wanted my place to run how I wanted it to run and look after my patients the way I was trained to, to work. Um, converted the practice privately in 2005, the year before the new contract, because I thought, ethically, I don't like what I'm seeing on this contract, don't see how I can sign it and obey the, the terms of the contract. Um, i a good conversion and the practice was very busy but there was always something a little bit lacking for me um I wanted a bigger place I wanted to uh, help more people and I wanted a nice work environment for myself and for the staff and for my patients so we expanded the practice and we're now in the building that that you yep. were in today it's five surges um and yeah it, it's a lovely working environment we like that but again, there was still something not quite there um, and it wasn't professional, it wasn't about how my clinical aspects worked, I had no desire to become a, a surgeon or anything as, as a specialist at that point, I was a jobbing generalist, quite happy with that. But then somehow I ended up getting into um, medical expert, um, expert witness work and that just opened a new door to the ethical, moral, and the the philosophical side that, yeah. that, that you talk about, the the whys and the what are we doing and why are we doing it, and who are we doing it for, and what's what's our why. Uh, and that led me on to a, doing a Master's in Law, because it just seemed the natural progression that I wanted to know more about that side of it, still with the relevance to the dentistry and the clinical stuff that I was doing, but perhaps get a little bit more of an understanding into the a slightly more nebulous world around who we are, what we are, why we're doing stuff and what drives us as people to, to try to do the right thing for other people. And got a law degree, uh, Masters in Law from Northumbria and, you know, that's, that's where I am at the moment. Professionally, very satisfied, I think. Now I've, I've pulled together all the strings of what probably originally drove me without realising that they were the strings I needed to pull together. And it's, it's like, you know this, as we get older, we look back and we see that it's a different end result to where we perhaps envisage where yeah. we're going to go. It's the ready aim or ready fire yeah. aim. Yeah, And I think that's what I've done with my career now. So I'm, I'm in a place where I'm a generalist. I've gone on to working three days a week, clinically two days a week. <laughs> Um, shooting patients, and obviously. Got shot <laughs> I'm sure there. nobody heard that gunshot <laughs> go off on the audio. Um, and uh, you know, a couple of days a week now doing medical legal stuff, doing things like this, yeah. and, and trying to again still continue paying things forward. I like to work with younger practitioners, and and as we get older, there's a lot that we can offer. The problems that we've had, the mistakes that we've made, and having the humility to admit them. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I've got every single bloody t-shirt because I've grown out of most of them over the years. And I think that's you know it's important that we get out there and we do this for the younger practitioners because the environment that they're practicing at the moment has never been as as difficult in some cases as it is. But it's not like the environment we first started practicing
2: in. The the um so that yeah that's this is fantastic. So you are actually a specialist. Um in, in medical legal work because you would you would be and whether it so for clarification for the powers that be obviously we're not claiming or advertising that yeah. out of hand but but you 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 are an expert by well, definition we yeah,
0: should call ourselves by that and the court see us as, yeah. as an expert
2: and so and and one of the that is a fantastic story isn't it and and when did you when did you because the practice I've been into today, it's beautiful so when you enter into Simon's practice and um, the entry interception is, is beautiful and the facilities are fantastic. Um so so to be a patient here is and I've been to lots of different dental practices for lots of different reasons, but to be a patient here is a privilege. Uh, you, they just may not appreciate that all the time. Yeah. But um but, but and, and when they would see this and compared to other practices it's it's astonishing. When did you expand it? What year was that? We
0: expanded this in about 2010, 2011. Right, okay. But there was always a desire to to have a better premises yeah um because it was a, it was a three bedroom big three bedroom semi um and we looked at going up into the loft we looked at going out around the back mm-hmm. um and what actually created it was when we accidentally gave the plans for going out of the back of the building to our next-door neighbor and he said I'm not having that in my back garden make me an offer ah oh, so good. that wasn't the intention mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we ended up coming to a deal where I paid a little bit over the odds for the building. Yeah,
2: but that that's an, that's what they call an opportunity cost, doesn't it? It
0: was an absolute opportunity. I, the, the annoying thing was I probably paid three times more for it than I should have done because I I missed at least
2: three um, property property, <laughs> property growth
0: in the time, but it was never yeah. the right time to do it. Yeah, it was never the right time to do it.
2: And so you you stuck your neck out and. In- in a fairly big way yeah. to do that, yeah, yeah, and put yourself right out your comfort zone.
0: Oh, big, massively.
2: Because uh, if that hadn't worked,
0: I'd have had a very big building for the bank to repossess. Yeah, it would yeah. have been, you know, it would have been. Uh, there, there were moments there that you think, God, what have I done? Is this the right thing? When you look at when you look at when when I first bought the practice and what I paid for it and the risk that I thought that was at the time, yeah, that. Paled into insignificance alongside the, the the development costs of the the new build, yeah. Um, which that yeah. pales into insignificance alongside some of the costs of other people's projects. Yeah. But at that time, you're in that zone yourself, yeah. and, and all you, you can see is the notes on your yeah. Your risk investment. is your risk
2: because today so we can chat a little bit about my new project here because by the time this comes out, this podcast and that will be open news. So I've shown Simon the plans for for the Campbell Clinic today. Um. And, and it's comforting because to speak to people who have stuck their neck out, and, and scale doesn't matter. No, Because um, the, the young dentist trying to buy the three surgery practice now
0: yeah.
2: um, over the odds because the, the, the prices are inflated, the, the risk to them is as great or greater than the risk to me in, in, in expanding my place or yeah. to you as it was then. And so risk, so a, a hellish risk of whatever level feels like a hellish risk yeah. Um, but for us to get to the place um, that we want to get to, it's almost it's almost an essential step to take, isn't it?
0: It was for me. It was for me. I don't think I would have ever have, have rested. There had always been a lack of satisfaction. I don't know what I'm trying to prove. I mean, I'm not trying to prove anything to myself, or am I? I'm, I'm still... I think I've still got those drives that mean I'm trying to prove something to somebody, but I just can't work out who oh, I'm trying to prove it to anymore. Because yeah. d- d- I don't have to prove it to people like yourself. No. So am I still trying to prove it to myself? I I, I don't
2: know. On the way up here today, it's interesting because I wanted to and I have wanted to write a blog about why we work. And um and it may have I may have done it. I may have successfully done it by the time this goes out, or I may not. But the thing I was thinking about was this um, when I in sort of my story so in terms of round about the, the time when you were looking at expanding this in 2008 yeah, was yeah. when I left um, the practice I'd been in for 11 years when Andy Keatley sold the practices to IDH so I left those practices in, in, in very short order as soon as I could mm. and left everything behind because I couldn't work in that environment so yeah. despite the offer of money to stay and all of this stuff I thought, well, this that I can't do that. It does not resonate with you. I, I couldn't. I couldn't take the money for doing that. I didn't no. want it. No. And um, and that was an interesting time because I was offered a reasonable sum of money to stay, and there was a weekend. I remember telling my mum that I'd been offered this money on the Friday, and, uh, and and me thinking, I really hope they don't come back again, because there's going to be a number over which I'll look at my family and think, I should. I'm being selfish not taking this, yeah. and they didn't come back and i was so pleased about that and then after that my mum told me how proud she was that i hadn't taken any money for it and of course i i i steadied myself for this massive income drop and this massive change in lifestyle and and because all i wanted was the environment both structurally and philosophically to yes. do it the way i thought it was right yes um exactly the same as you yeah. so i took a big financial risk exactly the same as you yeah to try to facilitate that environment. And it turned out that commercially there was a market for that environment, wasn't there? People did want that.
0: People do get it. And it's not just the patients who who want that, that there are sufficiently um, clued-up staff, young associates, older associates, um, who also want the same thing. It's not all about targets. It's not all about the drive for some of them to to earn financially, and actually, what happens if you turn that around? These do earn financially, yeah, but they're not earning financially as the raison d'être for being there. They're getting that as the byproduct. Yeah, and now they may not be earning as much, but I can guarantee that every penny that they do earn is far more fulfilling to have earned, because you've gained it in, a, in, a, in an ethical and a responsible way that that resonates with your values. And that might be high-end stuff, that might be lower-end stuff. But you're not being driven by the pound notes or the dollar signs. Yeah. You're actually being driven by the doing the right thing. And then the pounds, uh, yes, pound signs, it, it, they, they seem yeah. to come accidentally.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And and I think that's what happened to us. Um, because I never, when, when I went into the, the place I'm in now, um, it was as an associate for a year and then as a partner, but it was never with this urge to take over the universe. Not that we're doing that, but but in any way, but what we did was we just we we set it up the way we thought was right, yeah, and all of a sudden it worked. And one of the philosophies that has been very successful in there is this philosophy of enough. So instead of um, having a business where. Um, I get what's left at the end of the month, which is magic, because then I'm incentivized to make more the next month and more the next yeah. month. I set up a business where it said, well, that's what I would like from the business. And if I can get that within reason, um, I'm cool. That's nice uh, enough. And all of a sudden we had a surplus. Yeah. And quite a lot of surplus, which we could have skimmed out. But ridiculously to my mind, and I, I think it is ridiculous to a point, is that I don't see that as mine I see that as the businesses. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And, and so I, you know, I've I've been holding off and holding off ridiculously, and it is ridiculous because we're doing okay. I tell you, mm-hmm. it's all right. I've been holding off for a new laptop because because I because I feel guilty. Um
0: Actually, I, I don't. I I think that's probably the only way where me and you differ in that respect is I still got my materialistic drives. I think that sometimes. Can push me in the wrong direction, and I do have to fight those. But well, I've got
2: staff who stop me doing it. I, I but, the, but I, I, I'm, I'm not allowed in the budget. I, 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 i yeah, that, <laughs> You know, Charlotte, Charlotte, no, oh, you <laughs> can't have that this month. My right? accountant also rings me up and says, "No, you can't have that." But the, uh, it's, it's, this is a good opportunity to scotch a myth that, um, that, uh, because if I ever get to the point where, if, I, if this new project that we're, we're setting up, the new practice, the new Campbell Clinic, which is this build. And in, uh, in the south of Nottinghamshire, which will be all over the place by the time this comes out. Mm. If that works, I'm I'm going. To, I'm buying a Porsche, right? And and uh, and I'm going to buy it at the moment. That's going to be a nine eleven GTS, Good and man. I know what color it is. And and very much like my 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 best bike, it's going to be my car. So my best bike because I ride bikes a lot and like bikes. Um, it's a two thousand and thirteen Boardman Elite. Right? And I could tell you every aspect of that and everything about it. And I have upgraded it and changed it. And I've been to all of these places on it. And I love it. And there's no reason ever for me to change that. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. And that's what the Porsche is going to be. right? Mm. And I'd like to do that in the not-too-distant future because my son is an engineer. He's 11. But he loves everything mechanical. And I'd love to share. Yeah. the what, what I would want to do is go into the Porsche garage one afternoon with my son and say, right, we're gonna sit here for three hours. Who's your best salesman, the nicest guy? Because I'm gonna buy this car, but I want to feel like what you're giving me is this extraordinary experience. Yeah. And I want to be the one that decides every aspect of this car. Yeah. So it's not that I don't like these things. I think they're fantastic. I think they're I think Porsche particularly um is an extraordinary piece of engineering. Yeah. I think it is, right? Yeah. Um because it's a it's a supercar that you can drive to the supermarket, mm. right? And so, uh, I think I have a reputation for being this communist who thinks everybody should be in a horse and cart. <laughs> it's not. It's. I don't think you should use the the bobbles and bangles of just success to portray yourself as a prick, who damages the younger members of the profession. But do by... you
0: think that's what is happening in some cases? Well, I know
2: that we share that view, right? And 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 I th- I I think on this topic a lot. Mm. Uh, much more than I should. I should be doing much more constructive things. So I, you know, I despair for the future of the human race too much, and mm-hmm. I should just move along. But this is not a, this is not a dentistry problem, is it? No, it's I think a it's societal I think it's problem. A societal problem, yeah. But we we're unlikely to change society before we change dentistry. Yeah. We so can. we should just change dentistry. Yeah. And so I develop different strategies over time, and and so I. I don't do a lot of social media, and maybe we can talk about that in a minute because we have a social media episode on this. And you've used it very effectively in getting your views across and the stuff that you've done. And I think that's really useful. But I, I, I couldn't. It consumed me, and I, had, and I had to leave it. Um, but um, I, I think that, I, I think one of the things we could do, well, a very simple thing we could do as a, as a profession, is we could agree to separate our personal and professional feeds. Yeah. Right, So we could say, yeah, so if I want to see what Simon Thackeray, the dentist, is doing, I would look at Simon Thackeray Dent mm. and I'd be interested to see what you're doing. And I wouldn't have to see you on a weekend trip with your wife in Paris doing yeah. hashtag love my life yeah. and feeling that I was being a bad husband because I wasn't in Paris with my wife. Yeah, and I yeah. think that is one of the biggest issues. But for the young guys, it's very difficult for them because they live in a world where they're graded by their status. Yeah, on a day to day basis.
0: But the counter to that, my I have the one, um, I have the one Facebook profile, and I allow patients into it. Mm-hmm. I allow, and it's the, it's it's the profile that the profession sees as well. And I think it's because of my drive to be authentic that what you see is what you get. I'm not being to people for. The sake of social media. I'll not post some of the personal stuff because that's not the place to do it. No. The but the the me that my patients I think get is because they see me warts and all. I don't think that I go into my surgery and put on a, you know, we're on stage. We are on stage, but I don't put an act on. No. I am that person. So I I agree with what you're saying because I think. That may be the only way that we can change this and have these two, the, the professional and the personal. But some people are, are always going to grey it. Some people, their, their personality is so inextricably linked with their professional um, entity that it's one and the same. They are the Ferrari driver who is a dentist or they are the dentist yep. who is wearing the... The, the The clothes and the watch and things like that and the 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 trappings of wealth that we can have are all well and good. we should be more humble about that mm-hmm. and if if we have this demeanor that is broadcast to the public on social media we've got to be very aware of how that can come across i,
2: I and I don't think that's the biggest problem um and and I don't think it's I think people don't understand what my problem is with it they just see me as being this pointy um pointy yeah, I, def- I definitely have that. that yeah. look because I found out. I mean, I found out this week, quite interestingly, that there's a solicitor who works for one of the defence unions, and um, one of my friends and colleagues was chatting to them for one reason or another, and and referenced the fact that they know me, and the response was, "Oh, well, he's got a very big mouth, him, and he's quite really dangerous man. and quite dangerous." And, uh, so I, so I, um, um, I, I, I used to do quite a lot of expert work, um. For the defence unions, and of course, my my I'm now toxic in that regard. My last report for a defence union was was cast aside because I had my own GDC case. I was in the middle of my own investigation, so they cast it aside and they asked for the money back. But if anything, that should make you more authentic. Of course, you can't though be an expert for no. the GDC with a no, you can a fitness to practice you, history. You um, but the, but my problem with the social media aspect of things is. Um, is that it's the example that we set to the people who are coming through dental school, yeah. and just beyond. So, yeah. so I want, you know, I I and well, this will tie this discussion up pretty well because because I think it is hard, it is harder to make your way in dentistry than it was in 1994 when I started. Mm. Maybe that's my my old, my cynical old age coming in now. Maybe it's because I have a view of everything that's changed mm. in that time but i think it is difficult and I, and i think to portray a picture to these guys that by the time they're 28 or 29 they can have a house that looks like this and a car that looks like this and a holiday that looks like this i think that is dangerous
0: it's also not realistic
2: i don't think it is and I, and I, and unfortunately and i do feel sad about this that the the dentistry I, i'm i i I'm going to be speaking to a young dentists in a dental school in february and the dentistry that they signed up for six years ago is different to the dentistry they're going into now. yeah. And that's not... It's less different, but 10 years ago, there is a big difference. So the guys that are four years qualified now, they're, they're working towards a promise that they thought they were made, which isn't achievable. Mm. And that's dangerous. And and that is fueled in large degree by a cohort of the profession who portray themselves as playboys. Yes,
0: I and agree so, with
2: that. And so the disillusionment... Um, that now you're in a situation where you're in a six-figure debt bundle
0: yeah.
2: that needs paid off, yeah. um, and also you cannot have the bubbles and bangles quickly that you thought you could. Because there's no reason, I'm afraid, it, when you qualified in 1994 that you couldn't hit some big income numbers within the first two or three years of qualifying. And
0: that six-figure debt that you're talking about there is is a six-figure lifestyle debt. That's not a six-figure developing your business debt, which is what I've got. No, no. You know, there's a, there's a I have a tangible entity, hopefully, at the end of this, which is my yeah, pension or whatever. My pension. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking much along the, the same lines as you, is that actually I don't know whether I'm going to get rid of this as uh-huh. my pension fund. This could be my legacy of uh-huh. something else. I, I'm not sure yet, but I'm not that intent. But when you look at some of the the drives and you look at some of the, the ways that this is being sold on social media... It's wholly unachievable for the vast majority of the, the, yeah. the profession. And actually, when there are people who come out to try and achieve that, it can go very, very, very wrong. There is a case that um, not sure whether we'll be able to use this, but um, it is in the public domain because it's an, an IOC case um, that's, that's been heard. Uh, a young guy put on social media that um, I can show you how to retire by the time you're 30. Uh Um, and it got a little bit of, well, an awful lot of airing over a a couple of weekends back last year. But it it turns out now that all that glistens isn't gold and that this guy is now suspended. Interim Orders Committee have decided that there's something going off there. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but again, it was one of these things that suddenly appeared over a weekend. It drew people in. There were people... You could see it. It was the, it's the snake oil salesman. <laughs> I can do this for you. All you've got to do is X and Y. Yeah. And there are. Whilst we're a very intelligent cohort of people, I sometimes think there's also a huge naivety with some of the, particularly the younger practitioners, where they think that they can achieve this and it can be done, and we're just the old goats who just because we didn't do it or, you know, we're jealous or whatever. Actually. I'm not jealous. I don't give a damn.
2: Well, the the interesting thing is that the the I, I was we were talking before we started recording this about um, about the car thing and and uh, um, and the the I, I mean I calculated in the in the this new build project that we've got going um, it's 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 at least twenty five um, Ferrari 458s, my new build project.
0: That's excellent.
2: It is, and so I could have cut it back a fraction, one in each car, and had one. Right. Yeah. And it's not. I don't have one of those because I can't. Um, I have one of the, I don't have one of those because I don't. And that's yeah. very different. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm not jealous of the person who has some other form of great car. And I, and, I, and I and I. There's no judgment to them for what they spend their money on. I'm quite happy. If you make a successful brackets private close brackets business yeah. in any in any way then fill your boots I, I think I think Elton John's sunglasses collection is fantastic. A little bit decadent for my liking. <laughs> but he can spend, he pays his tax, he lives in yeah. the UK, he can spend his money on whatever the feckin' hell he likes. Yeah, right? exactly. My problem has always been NHS orthodontists with two aeroplanes. <laughs> right? Because yeah. one aeroplane is enough. Absolutely. Right? And the reason that that is a problem is because my wife is a children's cancer nurse and she cannot get a laptop. Yeah. So there is a discrepancy there, right? There's a huge values discrepancy there. So that's, and and so, but there's also, so, so if you build, if you're running an NHS dental practice on your own and it's producing you enough income to buy a supercar, I would potentially question how much you're being paid for that business and how much of that money should be recycled back into the National Health Service. I would question that morally and philosophically, and I have run NHS businesses before. But if you run a private business... And, and you're producing excellent quality and excellent work and people are happy with it, whether it's a dry cleaners or a, or a restaurant or a whatever. I have no problem with that, right? Yeah. Um, I choose not to buy those things. Um, and maybe I'm weird, but I don't have a problem with you doing it. I have a problem with you saying to people, do what I do and you can have what I have. Absolutely. Um, and so last year in February, so, I, you know, I've been blessed in my career to have 100,000 career highlights. Right <laughs> and uh, and hard to go back through, and I try to keep a diary and I try to write them down. For when I don't get to do it anymore, but um, I spoke to um, Glasgow Dental Students last year, so my alumni, mm. and they have an ethics study club for all the for all their students. It's set up by John Gibson, and I got an afternoon with them, uh, so two hundred and something dental students, which seemed like the greatest privilege, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we did the income game, which. Um, I, I do when I teach VTs and, and I'm lucky that I'm, I'm back to teaching VTs again this year for the first time in 11 years I, I got cast asunder because I left when my practices got sold
0: Yeah,
2: I left VT quickly and it didn't go down well that. but I've now somehow been let back in Back so, in favour? Well, no, I don't know if it's in favour but I'm going to try not to give it away again <laughs> But we did, a, we used to do an income game and I'll do it again called the Icarus Income Game and we used to say to them I'm going to give you an annual salary um, every year Index linked with a pension, study leave, and holidays, till the end of your career. And if you if you can if you can tell me what it is and not go above my ceiling, you can have it. But if you go above my ceiling, you get nothing. Okay. Right. And so we'd get them to write it down anonymously on a bit of paper. And we used to do it. Just to, I used to teach all the VT groups in Trent. So we just so we got over a few years. We got a real sense of what that was. And regularly, VTs would write two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year. Was what they were worth. Really? And they did it again in February. So in that audience of of 200, um, there was at least a quarter of that audience in Glasgow who felt they were worth a quarter of a million. Six-digit numbers, yeah. Wow. And and that's a problem. And that, yeah. that aspiration is coming from somewhere.
0: Yeah, so where is that?
2: So let me beautifully move this along, right? Yeah. Because yeah. in that audience, there was one individual that was clearly well in on that big numbers thing and afterwards it was explained to me that they've already got an FTP case as a third year dental student now already oh FTP cases in students are more and more common in medicine it's quite uh, there was three Glasgow medics last year that had FTP cases across the medical cohort Um, one of which was for a um, well posting on social media right Um, I I can see that Right, yeah, and yeah. so, um, and so, so, but that that ties us up now because we don't, we don't definitely didn't want to make this discussion about um, all about GDC, and we haven't. No, but isn't it funny how time flies? Because we're running towards the end of what we're and allowed. And the GDC about <laughs> <perhaps. laughs> Well, I think it should because I think yeah. we should for the for the benefit of our listener, Sean, um, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is your mum, isn't it? I've tried to keep the swearing to a minimum. Um, is is to just touch on Simon's expertise. And there's experience in the expert field. Mm. Because that gives you a window onto what the profession looks like. Yeah. And so based on that expertise and what you see in the work that you're doing, and trying not to be jaundiced about the fact that clearly you see yeah. cases that aren't going well. Where are we? What's the problems? What's the winds? What's going on? Oh what the wind? Are you are you
0: talking about what are the the bits of dentistry where people are are getting caught out. Not necessarily, but I mean,
2: in the system itself, which has obviously been changed to be, and I quote, upstream. Oh, God, yeah. Are we winning?
0: Um, I've yet to see absolute evidence that we're winning. Um, The work that I've been doing recently has been more of clinical advice Mm -hmm. rather than the expert work. Now, whether that's because I've stuck my neck out in the past and... And been a critic of the GDC, um, and they, they think we can't possibly use it.
2: So um, in clinical advice, you mean as a as a, as a as a
0: as a clinical advice, they will they will send a case and say,
2: "Is this all right what's, it, what's your opinion? Yeah,
0: and the cases are still coming through where you end up writing reports and go, "No, that that's normal, that's fine." Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it's very easy to see on some of the cases where the weekend course. We now are an expert in orthodontics, mm-hmm. and we we've, we've bought a thousand pack of X product and we've now got to sell that to people Um, you can see those kind of cases because some people are wholly unsuited to providing the treatment and that's not me just coming from the point of view of 25 years of ortho experience I'm a generalist I don't make myself out to be any better at ortho than anybody else of a similar age to me but you do see some of these cases and it's have you been encouraged to do this because
2: yeah. They something... are
0: telling you that you can do yeah. this or is there a, oh, I can make a quick book there. I have to be very careful. My thesis is on bias. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm in one of those positions where I am acutely aware that the forms that bias takes and I have to go out of my way to de-bias myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the risk, of course, once you de-bias yourself, you're biasing yourself the opposite <laughs> direction. Um, Poetry to a gamekeeper, that kind of thing. But it, actually...
2: It takes an awful lot of intellectual honesty to be able to I'll, try and even begin to do that. You have to be very
0: harsh with yourself. And I have written reports and thrown them away and started again mm-hmm. because I felt that it doesn't portray how I need it to portray and, and that down-the-line down the thing. But I, I think there is... You know, getting back to these 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 people who've got these ideas of what their income could be, coupled with the GDC, I do find myself sometimes thinking the GDC haven't got it all wrong.
2: No, no, I don't think there's so. There's a
0: lot that they do get wrong.
2: Well, last a- last week Steve Sharma was struck off. Yeah. Right. So that's in the public domain. Yeah. He's a 1986 Glasgow graduate. Three of that cohort have been struck off. Right. And um, I found out last week. Um. um and that. And the, the and the sheet it's, that. sheet. it's a massive child sheet. And I have read it all.
0: nine pages. rulings.
2: As, <laughs> as sad as we are. <laughs> that
0: was Saturday morning reading.
2: That was right. Um, but that that's a teaching exercise for Absolutely. people, isn't it? To people say, should read that yeah, yeah, ruling. Yeah.
0: Because it it's stark.
2: And we what we need is we need uh, we need a structure a regulatory structure which identifies those individuals quickly. Um, actions their practice through IOC quickly yeah, and then builds a robust case to get to the facts and then acts accordingly, right? Yeah. Now, what we've got is is a system where, which is clogged up with little bits of shit, yeah. which are totally irrelevant, yeah, which then don't protect the public against anything significant while delaying the judgments on people like yeah. that. Well, this
0: has been raised before, that we could have a shipment out there, mm-hmm. who we really need, or the public really need protecting from. And we're missing them. And unfortunately we're missing them, because we're too bothered about, you didn't you didn't write down an overjet on one of the... So we're
2: keen, on this little recording that Sean and I are doing, um, um, we're we're trying, we're in the process of trying to book Margaret McCartney, who is the GP in Glasgow, I'll need to send you her book, The Patient yeah. Paradox. It's extraordinary, she's right to the BNG McCartney, she's brilliant, right? And um, The Patient Paradox is one of the most career changing books I've ever read. Um but one of the things she talks about in there is she's very anti-screening. One of one of her she she's in the new screening revolution and she talks about the two week wait. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have it now, right? So if everything gets filtered through the GDC, um then we it delay or miss or or it's clogged up yes. by little bits of irrelevance. Yeah. Um, and and then the big bits of relevance are not going to dealt with appropriately. And the two week wait is the same. So yes. what happens on the two week wait is that is that um, because there's a because it's because not all tumours present themselves as typical, then then the atypical tumours are waiting longer than they were originally because they're being put back to routine, which is longer than it was originally for a referral. Right. And and this is a massive problem, a, a massive reaction that we don't see in a two week wait thing. And. So, so what we need with with and working with guys like you and, and the experience of guys like you is a way of, of having a credible, very early system yeah. takeout for these cases, and it's not centrally a local resolution. It needs the to original
0: be... local resolution that we used to have when we first qualified.
2: Right, three wise men, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, for. yeah,
0: but debiased, so it wasn't. You mates who yeah. you sat on the LDC with. Exactly. It was completely independent. And we have
2: the the technology yeah. and the um, intellectual capacity and the experience to be able to redesign that system so that it takes as much of... It would, may not be perfect, but it would be a lot closer to perfect than the system we have at the moment. It
0: would be a lot faster as
2: well. And it would protect the public. Um, well, isn't that
0: what the GDC are there for?
2: And And, yeah, and so... so <laughs> well, that's we, their
0: remit. That is their only remit.
2: And so coming back to the gold which because we needed another episode see how how this goes yeah coming back to the gold of of of, of a thesis and expert bias where do you sit on that situation now where does where that where does what's Simon Thackeray's position on on experting in, in medical legal cases and in particular com, uh, re- regulatory cases?
0: Oh there is there are some experts who are not aware of their bias. And I think the, the GDC, I think, are trying to do something about it. They're trying to get a better quality of of witness, uh, expert witness involved. But some people some people see, I think, expert witness as the next step in their career and that they see it as a badge of honour. Mm-hmm. Um, and to a degree, does it make them untouchable? because the friends with the GDC if we give them the if we give them the result that they want then they'll keep away from me and didn't fucking make me untouchable uh, no no and 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 actually i am probably now more aware of my failings in my clinical practice as a result of doing
2: which is a good work. thing and isn't it it a- is
0: it's absolutely a good thing is that moment where it's the sphincter clenching shit there, but for the grace of God, go I. But actually,
2: you've got an opportunity there to go. Well, but but don't, that's why I always think that's why I, I did expert witnessing mostly was because it it highlighted holes in my practice that yeah. I could fill, and and, they, and there there comes imposter syndrome, doesn't it? Because yeah. imposter syndrome is is I do know what I don't know. Yeah. Um, and 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 when that curtain comes up, it's terrifying because yeah. my clinical practice terrifies me a lot more than it ever used to. Oh yeah. Yeah. because I know that I am far far from being uh, I mean I feel incompetent half the time you know and yeah you know, I'd,
0: I'd, I'd agree with that we look at the stuff that we're doing and think you know that, uh, that's no good uh-huh. that is no good and I think that's because both of us are not arrogant egotistical we're God's gift to our yeah. profession I suspect other people think differently about them. well that that <laughs> would be their entire. You know, they probably haven't met us in the way that, you know, and, and sat and, and spoken in a pub and, and sat down and, you know, had those late-night conversations across whatever form of messenger where we, we're trying to make a difference to the profession and trying to help it through its own problems. I mean, Steve Hudson, for, for those of people who know him, he has said for years dentistry is eating itself, it's yeah. killing itself yeah. off, and, and it is. And I think there's some voices out there who are trying to, to turn that around but some of these people are expert witnesses they're working in regulatory environments they are not unbiased they think they are and that's one of the problems with bias is actually you can think you're unbiased and then as soon as you go through it there's cognitive biases that the the gdc the order with which they send you information can bias you. And they refuse to accept. I've spoken to one of the solicitors and said, you know, you do realise if you send me the information about the complaint first, i.e. he said, she said, he said, she said, it's already starting to set up a cognitive bias because of the order with which you read the stuff. Whereas what you should do is say, the complaint is about X. Read the clinical notes. Yeah.
2: Well, we're never going to fix this all today, are we? So it's massive food for thought, and I think... Um, and all these things I'm so grateful for you to take the time to even speak to this because I oh, hope this was useful to asked. I hope people I hope this is useful if you have any comments mm-hmm. about this let us know if you've got anything for Simon I'm sure you would answer that we'll get him back because there's too much more to talk about but I think we have reached the end of our time thank you very much
0: thank you very much indeed
1: well I hope you will agreed that that was fascinating thank you Simon for letting us chat to you I'm sure we'll be back and I will definitely be there for when we talk to Simon again. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. If you've got a question for us or want to give us any kind of feedback, then there are loads of ways which you can contact us. Email us at info at incisivedecisive.com. We're also on Twitter at incisivepod and we're on Facebook as well. Do tell your friends, family, colleagues and everyone you know about what we're doing. Our intro music is Grey Robert by Gallops. Listen to more of their music at gallopsgallops.com. We'll see you all on the next Incisive Decisive.